squared by Silvio P. That's me and E. Marquez. And we do phenomenal ethics. What's up, y'all? P.E. Squared Phenomenal Epics is back. Back large and in charge. Doing things the way the local media and mainstream media should be doing. But yes, I understand completely why you come here to get your news. Because here, we tell you the facts. And we keep it simple, stupid. Right? Like KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. We're all good. P.E. Squared, Phenomenal Epics. I'm E. Marquez, and my guy Silvio is still here. Yes, he has not quit. What's up, Silvio? What's going on, bro? Man, we're just doing it, keeping it live, keeping it real, trying to have some fun. Hoping y'all enjoy the conversation. You Keep know, coming back. You know, one thing that was in my crawl, has been in my crawl for a while. You already know. The way they're doing these COVID thing. remember, from the beginning, all overrunning hospitals. Oh, all these people dying. Oh, uh, no spread of the virus. Don't wear a mask. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. And now it's, well, you know, you know we're going to have a spread. You know we're going to have a spread. Now it's 1,000 people have died in 17 days. <gasps> oh, my God. Now, bro, I don't even trust the numbers, dude. Yeah, it is tough. It's, uh... You're not alone. There are many people out there who, through uh, social media, through the media in general, everybody's confused, and that's that's the tough part. And 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 those who aren't confused uh, have gone to either extreme. And there there's some problems with, with with going to to you know any opinion that you have that goes to an extreme. But uh, you know I, I still believe that science is the leading force. We really need to get that uh, you know out of our heads that somehow science is a is a joke. Uh, and many of us have, you know, doubts across the board anyway. So, uh, you know, we go to a doctor and they, we still look for second opinions. And so there's a lot to be taken in there. So I still believe that masks make us make sense uh, in general. And, you know, the, whether virus or not, it was always a good idea to not want to spit on people or, or have a little courtesy to clean up after yourself. Or when you when you have a chance, you know, either use hand sanitizer or wash your hands. But that's just those are to me those should have been common sense things you know you made a point of that in one of our episodes so to me it's still a common sense thing you should always want to wash your hands you that brings me people have that brings me to another point for you is common sense over what do you think wow you know i got into a conversation about common sense the other day and uh and and i hope people talk about it all the time common sense really isn't that common if it were we you know we'd probably all get along a lot differently but uh, common sense is just a matter of what you've learned growing up. And everybody grows up somewhere different, some, some culturally different. And uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It just means that we have to understand it. And, you know, 
common sense to me uh, is, a, is a wide spectrum, obviously, but uh, there's a lot to be said about common sense. And I, I, what we should I, be doing is talking more about it. Right. I like it to this. For me, individual person is smart, thoughtful, listens, listens fantastically, um, communicates well, understands surroundings, is alert. But then people together, mob-like mentality, dumb as rocks, have no idea what's going on. And it's, it's like they're just following this mob mentality. And to be honest, all this quarantine and shutdown and you can't do this and you can't do that. Oh, my God. You're going to get the virus and you're just going to die. Um, all that has led to this mob thinking. But individuality person thinking I think it goes a long way because now I, I cannot believe how many people are influenced by others like overwhelming influence well you know to me what you're mentioning there comes down to two different points of view where we I would break it down as critical thinking and common sense and so you know depending on who's talking and, and where you want to go you know common sense you want to call it street smarts you want to call it learned behavior and all it, you know different terms but when you get into the tribalist type mentality as you're calling it mob uh it's just a, it's very divisive and in this day and age i think what scares me the most is is this i, I believe we're at a point of evolution we are trying to learn how to how to manage all the information overflow that we get you know if you think about how many different ways you and i can try to communicate and i probably you know told you a long time ago that uh, I'm not a big fan of text, right? So I'd prefer a phone. But at some point, I do have to evolve enough to say, well, I either text, there's Instagram, there's mess, you know, all these other things that uh, people can communicate through. And if you start to learn how to do that, then you have all these different pieces of information coming at you. And then in this day and age where we've got a, a mini computer, a mini supercomputer in our hands, we get all this information that come either loaded with whatever, you know, Google with whatever uh, format you have on your phone, Apple, you know, and so you get different news feeds. And so if you notice when you set up your phone, the the layperson, myself, just takes the phone. Thank you very much. And I use the phone for whatever I want. I really don't try to break into it and figure out how to get away from different news uh, pieces. So it's interesting. Well, coming up today in today's show, and we're going to we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that phone stuff because that's interest interesting the way you put it, because I'm always on my phone. I do all my work on my phone. But we're going to talk about what's going on in Chicago. On Sunday, uh, I believe it was the 9th of August, there was looting, a major, major looting off of misinformation. We'll get into discussion with that. Um, stay tuned. Be be ready, because you guys are going to want to throw your phone or wherever you hear your podcast, because we're going to get into detail, and it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy to hear. It's going to frustrate you. So... Stay tuned.
Alright, we're back. We're here. We're discussing things. One thing that popped into Silvio's mind was it's a crazy idea to think we'll have anything to run out of that we'll run out of topics to talk about, that we'll run out of topics. And I just thought to my my mind just got blown away because I had a sheet and we had about 47 topics. And at one point, it was down to like six and I almost panicked. Bro, I almost panicked. And I was like, what? And the next thing you know, rushed up to like 100 more. It was crazy. But anyway, we're back. Silvio, you know that this past uh, several days ago or a week ago, there was some looting going on in the Chicago, in Chicago downtown and north, in the north side. Tell me your thoughts, bro. What is your opinion overall about that? I have to start by saying looting and rioting is just ridiculous. It's a sad, sad, uh, in many ways, disgusting uh, way of expression. Uh, but that in that very same wording, I would have to tell you uh, something. Something has to get us to act. Uh, I just don't believe that in looting or rioting as, as a venue for that. But uh, I also believe that there's, that's just people who are trying to hijack the issue and and be opportunists. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not down there. I'm not looting. I'm not rioting. I don't know many of these people, if, if any, who are, who are doing it. And, and if they were, they probably, they're probably not bragging to me about it, but uh, you know, there's a, there's a criminal element to the world and, and I get it uh, from afar, I guess I understand it somewhere. Uh, I don't appreciate it and I don't, I don't advocate for it. Uh, but the only thing I can say is, how disappointed I am to see those types of things. Uh, but somewhere in that same dynamic, I have to understand what's going on uh, somewhere. You know, there, there's, there is violence that ensues. And, you know, the comeback for most people is what happens in those same neighborhoods. Why don't they loot and riot for all these tragic moments? Uh, why don't they get upset with all the gang violence that goes on in there and, and all the killings that, that happen when it's not police related? Uh, you know, and, I, and my comeback to you is often... Uh, that that does happen. I, I just don't live in that neighborhood. I don't go to the churches where people are crying. I don't go to the, 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 the rallies that they do have that aren't televised. So it's a tough subject. It's a sad subject. It's a sad uh, fact of life that's happening. And I wish I could say it's just Chicago, right? I, I would take that beating from people out there who believe it's a Chicago thing. It was happening in a lot of different uh, states and a lot of different counties or areas and all these other, you know, it's just something has to be done. Those voices do have to be heard, uh, but do I believe that you know the, the looting and the rioting is is, is, uh, is attributed to uh, uh, or could be attributed to anything out there, such as Black Lives Matter or or people who are trying to advocate for things or protesters? No, I think those are two totally different things uh, that people are trying to push together because they're trying to silence people, and you know, and that's just again my opinion. But looting and rioting, no sir, no thanks. Yeah. It's got to come to an end. It does, and and there's a better way. For me, for me, I support black people. I don't support Black Lives Matter. I support black people. I support the oppressed. I support the ones that feel like they don't have no chances. And I want to do whatever I can to help them get the chance. And the same goes for my people, my my color. I mean, my Latino uh, heritage, my Latino part of the world. Yeah, I would love to see Puerto Ricans. Prosper, Mexicans, Prospers, Dominicanos, Cubans, Colombians, Hondureño. Yeah, I would love to see them prosper and have 
successful lives because they're hardworking individuals and they and they want to do good for their families. Same thing with black people. I would love to see them succeed. I really, really would. I don't need anything. I don't, I, I'm not going to boycott Goya, okay? I don't even use much of their products. I'm more of a Mrs. Dash guy anyway, but I don't need, I don't, I, you know, this thing about what's going on and what BLM is doing, I don't know. I still don't understand it. I understand that there's black people that they 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 have sacrificed or they've been oppressed and they've been held down and they don't, you know, they don't get chances. They don't they get second and third chances, but they don't get that first chance to become a boss, become a manager. I met a guy when I was working at Pepsi. I was I would go and um, fill out, fill up the shelves and do the, uh, merchandising for Pepsi at Walmart, several different Walmarts. So I went into a Walmart out in, uh, Orland Park. There was this young guy. He had to be about 23, 24 years old. He was getting trained and he was getting, he was going, being, he was shadowing. And he was, this was his sixth, his sixth managerial position. And I thought, man, that's amazing. And he was like, man, I'm blessed, man, I'm blessed. I appreciate everything that Walmart has done for me and this and this and that. And it was, he was, he was well-spoken. He knew what he wanted. He, he, he got to like low level, he got to like a lower level management and then mid-level. And now he was getting the sixth spot in like four different locations. It was incredible. And he did this all in about an eight-month span. And he told me the whole story, and I thought, man, this is awesome. But you won't hear that in the rap songs, bro. You're not going to hear that in the YouTube channels or the videos. or You're not going to hear those things. And that's, a, that's an issue. And that's what's going on. This guy, he's doing right. He's doing, he's doing, the, and he comes from the hood. He was telling me all this stuff. And he was doing it right. And he said he had to leave the first Walmart that was closer to the city. And he, that's why he went out to Orland Park, and then he was—he's been around those WalMarts. But I'm all—I'm all for it, and it doesn't matter, you know. Don't don't tell me I'm racist because I don't get with BLM. I'm not racist. Don't tell me I'm racist because I don't go and protest. I'm not racist. I—I I know I'm not racist. I—one of my good buddies, and he's a new buddy of mine. He's black, and he's a police officer, but he's black, and he's cool. And he's legit, and he's easy to talk to, and he's a nice guy. And because of him, I treat a lot of black people nice, the same way because they're not. He's nice. He makes black people look good, and that's what it is. Just like I try to make Latinos look good. You know what I mean? Look like you can approach us, you can talk to us, you can be. You know, you don't have to be scared of us. You don't have to be nervous. But again, you know the mother. You know the dudes. And the MFR that is gonna that you see and you're like, no, 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 why not do with them? Or you see a group of them and you're like, no, no, no. Latino, white, black, don't matter. We just spoke about bikers in another one of our episodes. Same way. I love bikers individually, but there's a whole 5, 15, 20, 25 of them riding up. Hold on. I'm put pushing the brakes, pumping the brakes, going the other way. So it's the same thing. But this looting stuff, 
has no place, man. No place. There's hardworking people. These corporations, they could afford it. That's the thing. You're looting these corporations. They file insurance. They get more money. They get more money. They're putting, you're putting more money in their pockets. Insurance companies are loaded. Loaded. They file insurance. That thing is just, it's a safe, it's, 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 it's a safe savings account for them. Gotta understand that doesn't make a difference. Doesn't make a difference. What makes a difference is getting into those managerial positions, owning your own stuff, being your own entrepreneur. That's what makes a difference. If you want to make a significant difference because of what's going on in the population or with with police and the black community, then you go to the FOP and you go to the police itself, not the city, the police, and tell them this is a problem. FOP. There's nothing wrong with unions. I love unions, but unions make the world go round in the United States. Teachers union, firemen union, police union, they already are not backing up Miss Lori Lightfoot. She's a one and one term and done. So that's how you get things done. Not looting, not rioting. You're going to get yourself hurt. And you do not want federal troops on the streets of Chicago. You do not want them. Go ahead. I mean, I'm waiting for you. That was a great little, uh, nice input there. Wait, way to come in on a, on a flash. <laughs> I know I had you mesmerized with my awesome take. I was about to say, man, I, you know, you did catch me off guard. I, I, that pause right there was enough for me to be like, well, it's, He's he's got the crowd in an uproar, right? There, they uh, I left room in there for the applause, uh, and that, and that's not complete sarcasm. I you know I think that there are a lot of people who who uh, who like what you're saying and and who applaud you in in all earnest. Uh, you know the only thing I would have to say, uh, it's not even a comeback, and just just to to give you some perspective on it is uh, sometimes what we do or don't say and and how we do or don't say it can be culturally insensitive. Um, I, I don't disagree with, with much of what you're saying, and, and that's not always the point of our conversations. We're not here to disagree or agree with each other. Uh, I like the perspective you're bringing to it. Uh, where, I, where I differ a little bit is just, you know, there, there's so much to be said about the opportunity that we get in this country and people of color uh, or, or otherwise. And so I've had, I've had plenty of conversations with people who are not people of color who have no real uh, cultural tie-in to being uh, Caucasian or Anglo, and they just feel that they are as American. I mean, that's how, I, that's how they identify. You know, say, hey, so where are you from? What, what, what's your history? Uh, and they look at you and go, I, I'm American. And I go, okay, well, what does that mean? There's nothing wrong with saying you're American, but most of us do come from some type of different, you know, heritage background and some kind of racial, cultural and in most cases, people who are third, fourth, fifth generation, they've kind of lost that. There, there's no tie into that anymore. And so, you know, even though I, I again, the point we're, we're driving home here is we're, we're both against rooting, uh, looting and rioting. What I would say is that there's enough cultural insensitivity towards each other uh, where you make a point of saying that, hey, don't be scared of us. Why would anybody be scared of anybody else? That's again, that's a very subjective thing. And that's what makes it hard for me as a, as a former police officer who, you know, try to understand that you don't know what's going to scare me. 
I don't know what's going to scare you. And so what's wrong with just abiding by the laws? If the police come over and tell you you're breaking the law, it doesn't make any sense to me. It never will. And it never did. Why you would argue that, that, you know, the policeman is just doing their job, right or wrong, good or bad. They're doing their job. If you have a complaint, you go to their boss and you say, hey, by the way, this is what's going on. But I think that when people have tried that for centuries now and their and their message is ignored or they're chalked up to people who are ignorant or uneducated or undereducated or their community is terrible because it's, it's riddled with crime and infested with drugs. You know, if you think everybody in that neighborhood is that way, you no longer care about them as human beings. You see them as just numbers. You see them as, as and you dehumanize them. And so I think there's an argument to be had uh, and a conversation we definitely need to get into. And that maybe just not just you and I, but as a culture and as a society of saying, when do we, where do we draw the line? Where do we start to understand that, that folks do have a problem? But not then, just because it's with the police, but they have a problem because they're being underserved. They're being ostracized, forgotten in many ways. And so, again, that's a bit of a Chicago thing, I think, because we are so segregated. But, you know, you, you had something to say. What's up? What were you going to say? No, but like we did on that show, we we, we talked about um, uh, in, the, in, in, our, in, our, in our cancer culture show and the part of... Uh, you know, this, the segregation and all this, it, it, it also, you know, we got to take accountability too. Each individual has got to take accountability. You know, uh, all right, well, hold on. You, you, before I, before you go too far, my bad, but yes, you also mentioned that, um, again, there, there's plenty to be said for that. I, I definitely don't think that people who are in these underserved communities, uh, deserve some kind of free ride or, or, or just some ultimate forgiveness or amnesty or, or things of that nature. But you got to understand most of the people living in those underserved and impoverished communities, they feel very passionate about what you're talking about. It's just, they don't get that opportunity many of the times. And, and is there something to be said where maybe the city didn't provide, or maybe the, the, the neighborhood doesn't provide, or maybe the, the, there's no one there willing to get into the mix Yes, I, I get that. I understand that that's a possibility. But when you look at the history of Englewood, Englewood was a thriving, beautiful community, oh, yeah. mainly driven by and created by the black community. Yeah. It was not yeah. driven or written, you know, created by anybody else. Great was point. it destroyed strictly? But was it destroyed strictly by the black? No, the black community actually did not destroy that, their own community. And so that's the argument that, that should be had. The conversation should be had. Okay, at some point in time, someone else went in to fuck up a neighborhood. Why don't we, again, to your point, why aren't we holding them accountable? Why don't we have these conversations to say, okay, hold on a second. You took property from people. You took the riches from people. You took money out of people who were working a couple of hundred years ago. If you did not take in their money... There have been plenty of black families out there who were who were beyond billionaires at this point. And instead, you have all these moments in history where communities that were doing well and that were that were standing out above other communities were destroyed, not just internally, but externally. And, and, and that's the that's the unfair part. And so, yes, bro, I believe you, what you're saying wholeheartedly. Let's be accountable. But it but was externally. Barely. You're right. You're right on that. It was externally. But remember, the south side of Chicago, 
was where the southern folks of the 60s and 50s came up and they migrated up here. You know, the Jim Crow laws and all that led them up north and they come to Chicago because this is where you had the steel mills, you had the meat packing, you had all that by Northwest. Uh, yes, Excuse me, what? You had opportunity. What? You had uh, we had opportunities here in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, we had opportunities here for the uh, for the southern folks that came up, and even though, like you mentioned, Inglewood and it was prospering, even back into the eighteen ninety three. You know how I love history and the Chicago history, and how the World's Fair had Inglewood as one of these bustling times. This is where uh, Barnum. Um, he wa- he wanted the fair to be close to Inglewood because of the access and, you know, it was just a, a great uh, location. And that's why the Great Columbia Exposition was out by where the science of industry is at and all that south, the south shore, lakeshore drive and stuff. So even if you go as far back as Lincoln's Chicago, where Lincoln spent... Abraham Lincoln spent most of his time down in Springfield. That's where he was from. But he also had business and politics up here in Chicago. He, he, he made South Shore. South Shore, he didn't make it, but around his time, South Shore was bustling. You remember, these are free slaves. They came up here. They were free. They still worked in the industry of servants. They were still servants, but they were getting paid. They were free. They had a great community. They did a lot good in their own community. They did a whole bunch of things. More people from the outside of Chicago came in. If it was black, white, whatever, they came into those areas and they start planning or they start doing things differently. This is uh, this is from the Chicago History Museum where I was at several weeks ago. And that's where I read all this stuff. But again, yeah, you're right. It was externally, but it was externally from people from different parts of the world. And a little help. Uh, the first Mayor Daly, um, Richard M. Is it Richard R. Daly or Richard M. Daly? I get confused. But <laughs> right, right back at you. The first, the, the first, first Daly. The first Daly, the old man. He, he, he famously or infamously said... You guys could have, the, the black community could have the west and the south sides, and you guys could do whatever you want. Never wanted to give them resources. Gave them the startup of the land, told them where to get resources, and then that was it. Didn't do anything else. They needed infrastructure. Nope. You guys are going to handle that. They needed buildings. Nope. They needed, um, you know, it wasn't until mid, I think it was early, I want to say early third, forty, forties or early fifties, where they made the two ninety expressway. I could be mistaken on the on the exact time, but there they had to go straight through the Austin neighborhood, which is predominantly black, and that was like like you said, they took their land from them, and that's the kind of stuff that. Wait a minute, what? Why is this even possible? And it just gets me thinking. Wow, they did all these things, like, you know. You know, by by force is what they did, and again, well, that, that's and that's that's my main that's my main problem, man. Not not just because of what you're saying, or not my problem with you. I wasn't there. I wasn't around. Right, we weren't. Uh, I mean, we could only go by what's know, written. 
Right. And winners write history. People, winners write history. Yeah. And people keep making this argument of, well, I wasn't there and I, my family didn't do this. My family. The reality is, man, we, we did a lot of it in terms of history. And to, to your point, we need to learn to be accountable. We need to be able yeah. to say, look, yeah. we, we treated black people. And in some ways, we still treat black people as a subordinate type of human being. And it's just based on their color. Like you said earlier, we were scared when we see people of color. Well, some people. And, and, and so all of a sudden we start treating them differently. So that didn't happen across the board to the Caucasian, the Anglo-American who came here and they were immigrants themselves. They, they caused the genocide to a people that lived here for, for one reason or another. And, and so at some point we have to be accountable for that. At some point we have to be accountable to our history. We can't just say, well, that was just part of history. It's in the past. It's in the past. No, no, sir. Especially not if those have repercussions to this day. And that's my problem with anybody who keeps saying, hey, where, where is it? Where's this community? Why aren't they stepping up? Why do we have to give them stuff? It's the fact that we took stuff away from people of color. We didn't provide for them the same opportunity. When you went into a bank and you couldn't get a loan simply based on the color of your skin, mm. that still happens to me today. My name is Javier, and wherever I go, the minute I introduce myself, a.k.a. Silvio on this show, but that's because of a nickname that you gave me. But my name is Javier, and I'm proud to say, hey, my name is Javier. How are you? Nice to meet you. I still have people to this day looking at me going, how do you say that? What? Can you say that again? Can you say it slower? Or looking at me and at some point going, wow, you're so well-spoken. Like, like it's a surprise that somehow I know how to speak English. You know, it's... There are so many things to admire about other people and other cultures. I have met people of color, whether they are Indian, Western, Eastern, Asian, people who speak multiple languages, and we disparage them because they have an accent. They do things, they can speak multiple languages. I mean, wrap your mind around that, multiple. I speak two, and I think I'm pretty cool. <laughs> I barely speak both of them well, but I can speak them and understand them. That is a gift to be able to understand more than two languages. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. And yet we disparage these people. They come to this country. They work hard. They're either driving taxis. They're working. They're the behind-the-scenes people. But you don't hear people talk about, oh, well, they got a raw deal. We need to help these communities out. No, instead we just rip on the idea that black people are either one thing or another, some disparaging comment, uh, racial slurs, some type of, uh, some type of inaccurate moment about them. And we just we keep relegating them into a position that's unfair. And yet somehow or another, it's a surprise that we've only had one half black, by the way, president. Yeah. And now there's talk of having possibly a, a, a person of African descent, if you will, because her parents are Jamaican and, and, and Indian, if I followed it correctly. Uh, but Native American, we have Native American Indian or... Indian, Pakistani, uh, and Asia. I want to say Asian. I want to. Uh, oh, I want I didn't to say she's. That. Yeah, she's. Uh, we 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 have to get her exact bio, but usually we try to stay away from politics on the show, and that's why we really don't dive into that. But what we do dive into is the diversity. And so, to your point, I, it's not that I look. I've had negative encounters with every different color that you can imagine, and being in law enforcement, uh, that didn't help much either. But uh, it's. I, I've had the opportunity to be in the Air Force, and as an Air Force policeman, I, I encountered people in their worst moments as well as I did when I was a federal policeman. You always have people who are going to have bad moments, 
And if you constantly want to chalk up people of color as, well, look what they're doing in their communities. They're not, they're not successful. It's not just because they're not successful. It's because they were never given the same opportunity. And, and to have people break it down and be like, well, they never tried, that's not true. <laughs> there are plenty of places in history you can go to a couple hundred years ago, 400 years ago. There are plenty of places in history where you can go and find out that they did. They, they, I mean, for crying out loud, we, have, we ended up having language written into a laws after laws about how they were free, how they were people, how they were humans. Are you kidding me? Why do we have to why do we still have this idea in any way, shape, or form that someone is subordinate to us? So that's where I get a little worked up yeah. about stuff. Is that yeah. there's, there's when you when you say a word like accountable, it just it gets in, in now to use your phrase, it gets in my crawl because nobody wants to be accountable. Yeah, exactly. Everybody wants to say, well, you know, Hispanics, y'all don't do anything. Oh, but you're hard workers. Most of you. But you know, and then and then they start breaking us down and they start putting a label on us. And they say, well, you know, well, you know you're not, Javier, right? Well, so, you know, you know, you shouldn't really be in management. You, you could be a laborer, but you really shouldn't be in management. Well, now, now they're starting to do that. What? Now they're starting to do that to Chicagoans, bro. The, the amount of stuff that you hear about, oh, you live in Chicago. Oh, man, how's it going? And this and that. The same type of label that you're saying about, mm-hmm. you know, now they're saying, oh, you know, you're from there. You know, it's a it's a junk. It's a trash. It's whatever. It's this. And that kind of gets me going because I'm Chicagoan first and foremost. Before I'm Latino, before you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm American. I'm Chicagoan. I'm, I don't even consider myself from Illinois. Like I'm not an Illinoisian. I'm a Chicagoan first. You know, I, I I would love if I had a vote. I would vote to be the 51st or the 53rd state after Puerto Rico and Washington D.C. But like, I would love to be out of this Illinois stuff. But again. I'm a Chicagoan, yeah, and, I, and it was, bothers me. You're going to have to compete with the, the Guamanians now. The Guamanians want their peace, too, but go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could be part of Hawaii. Dude. That's fine. But, like, you know, <laughs> the, you know, the, the, it, it's, it's, it, it bothers me, and I feel you on that. It does bother me. But, again, I, I you know, like I tell people often that are not from here, uh, you know, I'm talking about the people from, like, Schaumburg and Bolingbrook. Well. The Splains. Yeah, that, too. <laughs> The, the the way it is is Chicago's three cities. It's three cities. And in the near future, within twenty years, maybe even thirty years, if there is an annexation, like if definitely if Chicago becomes a portion or part of statehood, because remember it's the state of Illinois and the Republican because state of Illinois is Republican. It's that city of Chicago has so much political power in this state that that's the reason why those Republican uh, positions in the state in the state government want Chicago out. If Chicago ever gets to that point where you know what we'll become our own state, sure, they will put they will annex like they'll take a couple like the Plains and Rosemont near suburbs like Schaumburg and. And maybe as far as Hinsdale and as south as Orland Park, they'll bring them in to the fold and say, you guys can either come this way or go that way. And they'll bring them in. But if they do any of that, I'm telling you, the city of Chicago will be split into three different cities. And that'll be probably, that'll happen in our lifetimes, bro. 
because that's what it is. The West Side and you heard it here first. the West Side is is one town and the South Side is another town. I've even heard people that live there. Because I used to work with people from the West Side, West people from the South Side. And they would tell me, no, 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 that's that's a South Side dude. That's a South Side dude. No, no, that motherfucker's from the West Side. No, no, that and I'd be like, damn, bro, but you guys are both young. You guys are both Chicago public schools. You guys are both black. No, 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 no. Down, down. He's black from the South Side. What? Like, All right. Like, it's like, you know, they ask me, you know, you're Puerto Rican from Little Village. You're Puerto Rican from the South Side. You're Puerto Rican from the North Side. You're from Little Village or you're from Mobile Park. Uh, to me, it's the same. I understand that my brother or my guy... That I got a buddy who lived, who grew up in, in, in Little Village, and he had to fight bullets and knives all the time. But he also sold drugs and did a whole bunch of stuff on the street. But I didn't do that. But I grew up in Oval Park. We're different in that aspect, but we're the same as in we want to, you know, have fun and, and love, you know, uh, occasional drink. He drink he smokes weed. But we're still the same kind of, you know, you know uh, dude, but... He's Latino from Chicago. That's my guy. And, you know, especially if I got to know him, he's my guy. Don't matter where he came from. But that's not how it is. And you see it. Northwest, I see north side and the northwest with downtown as one city. West side as another city. And south side as another city, bro. And that's how it is. And that's how it is, man. Now, hopefully, it doesn't get to where it is in Israel. Where they got that big old wall and they got checkpoints to get into because... I can see that happening too, bro. But again, this is supposed to be a first world country, not a third world country, and not and they shouldn't be doing things in that nature. But that's what they do over there in Jerusalem, right? So we'll see what happens. But again, I ain't trying to get you worked up or anything. We know we all agree that <laughs> looting it doesn't work, rioting doesn't work. And I'm telling you, rioters, rioters need to understand if you think you have it rough. And I understand you guys do have it rough. I, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say I understand. I can get the message that you do have it rough and you're oppressed. And you feel like nobody's giving you a chance. But you do not. You do not want military men and women on the streets of a city coming after you. Because you have no chance. No chance. And... And that's just it. If you think you're going to take one of them out, here comes four or five tanks. Just remember this. The United States of America has the top four military branches in the world and probably in the next three planets adjacent. Okay? Just understand that. So whenever you come up with this thing, that all oh, my rioting and looting is going to make a difference. Oh, man, oh man. You haven't seen nothing yet. And you're the Air Force guy. So you would know better than me. There you go. And that's how it is. That's how I see it. Indeed, sir. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. You know, before we let you go here. I do want to bring up something that's going to come up in a future show that I just thought about because I mentioned the military and I mentioned how powerful they are. Fort Hood. It's got to be something you got to talk about. And listen in to P Square Phenomenal Epics because we will be discussing Fort Hood and the cover-ups, the debacles, 
just the personnel there. Maybe Silvio's got some insight. Maybe Silvio knows some things. But Fort Hood seems like it's really jacked up. But thanks for listening. That was our show today. And this is P Square Phenomenal Epics. We'll be we'll be back on the next one. Thanks.